0: But today we get started on a, on a journey through this little New Testament book, the book that we have called Colossians. The theme throughout this entire little book is about the person, Jesus Christ, the incomparable Christ. Say that with me, the incomparable Christ. The incomparable Christ. Jesus is the soul-sufficient Christ. Jesus... He is the preeminent Christ. He is the Christ who is everything we need for salvation and life. Christ is our all in all. He is everything to us. It's Christ that our whole life centers around or should center around. It's Christ who saved us. Christ who redeemed us. Christ who paid the penalty for us on the cross. It's Christ who leads us. Christ who guides us. Christ who heals us it's Christ. Christ is our everything. But unfortunately, we live in a day where Christ is, I don't know, I I hear a lot of sermons preached, and I don't hear much about Jesus being preached in it, to be perfectly honest. I, I just want to share with you a brief introduction to this entire series, and I want you to realize why this series is so important. Why are we looking at the book of Colossians? Why Colossians? There are 65 other books in the Bible we could look at. Why Colossians? Why now? Why do we need to focus on this little New Testament letter for the next several weeks? Here's why. Here's why you and I need to focus on the incomparable Christ as he is revealed to us in the book of Colossians. I think it's important we spend the next few weeks... Focusing on Christ because, first of all, we live in an age of ecumenism. Ecumenism, Ecumenism—that's a big word, but it's actually a simple word. And we see, we see its definition and conversations that take place all around us. We live in an age where people are working to eliminate the distinctions that exist between religions. We live in a world where people argue that the only way to find peace and unity in the world is to agree that all religions are equally valid. We live in in an age where where, uh, where they want us to believe, and people are preaching, that all religions essentially believe the same thing. That all religions essentially teach the same thing. That all religions essentially share common goals and ideals. And they're trying to convince us. Message comes at us fast and furious through TV shows and magazine articles and, and things we experience and things we see and speeches that are given. They want us to see Jesus as just another important religious figure. Just another important religious figure like Muhammad, like Buddha, like Rama, like Confucius, like Zoroaster. They just want us to see Jesus as just another option just another famous historical figure just another famous religious icon but colossians reminds us that that's not so colossians 1:15 and 16 reminds us that there is only one Christ and he is incomparable and nobody else comes close to who he is and what he's done It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by Him and for Him. He alone is the incomparable Christ. Let them say what they want to say. Let all the preachers get up and preach their nonsense. Let all the uh, other religious and political figures say what they've got to say. Let the TV shows try to tell us what they want us to see. But we've got to know in our hearts there's only one Jesus. And nobody comes close to who he is and what he's done. The second reason I think we need to spend time focusing on this incomparable Christ is because we live in an age with no authority whatsoever. No authority. People deny that there can be any absolutes people want us to believe that everything is relative. They want us to believe that there is no ultimate authority. They want us to believe that every man is entitled to believe what they want and behave as they like. They want us to believe that there are no rules, that there is no morality, that there are no ethics, that all that matters... They want us to believe all that matters are our own personal beliefs and our own personal desires and our own personal experiences. But Colossians reminds us, in verses 18 and 19 of chapter 1, Colossians, Colossians counters all of that by telling us there is an ultimate authority who will once and for all judge all of us. And his name is Jesus Christ. Christ is incomparable. He is our judge. And it says in 18 and 19, And he is the head of the body the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have, say it with me, supremacy. Supremacy. He is our authority. He is our authority. Not some political figure, not some social figure, not some actor or rock star. Jesus Christ is our authority. He determines for us what is right, what is wrong, how we should live, how we should speak, even what we think. It's Christ. He's our authority. For God was pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Him. The third reason we need to spend time focusing on the incomparable Christ is because we live in an age of pragmatism. Pragmatism. I believe this is one of the great faults in our generation today. People simply want to know what works. Not that in and of itself it's a bad thing, but our problem is we want it to work, and we want it to work now. Now. And when it doesn't work now, we give up, walk away from it, so we're going to try something else. Come on, am I right? People want to know what works, and that's okay. Our problem is, we're willing to try anything to see if it works, no matter how stupid and silly it might be. We will try anything if it will work to improve the quality of our lives. We're willing to try anything. We're willing to try astrology. We're willing to try yoga. We're willing to try smudging. I don't even know what smudging is, but I see some of my friends talking about it on Facebook. John's laughing over there. Apparently, you know what it is. What is smudging, John? It has to do with smoking herbs, right? <laughs> what, what, what could smoking herbs possibly have to do to make you, I don't even I don't know. Okay. Okay. Cool. And somehow that improves their marriage? Makes them a better person? Makes them smell good? Maybe making yourself smell good is all the, That's a secret to happiness. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I'm not, I don't mean to laugh. They're very sincere. And, and I'm like, smudging? For real? Is smudging going to set you free from the addiction in your life? Is smudging going to make you happier? We're going to try it though. Because some chieftain back in 1800 said it'd work. Uh, I'm sorry. Crystal healing. Hypnosis, transcendental meditation, rebirthing, necromancy, talking to the dead, we're getting really big into that. Got TV shows about it, Jonathan Edwards. Right? If you could just get in touch with grandmama, grandmama could give you some advice today to help make your life better. Grandmama's dead. She got nothing to say anymore. Psychotherapy. I mean, this is a practical age, man. We just want it to work. And we're willing to try anything to see if it'll work. And that's the question everybody's asking. Does it work? Will it make my life better? Will it give me more peace? Will it free me from my fears? Will it help me overcome my addictions and my problems and my issues? Well, what Colossians does is Colossians reminds us that nobody can do me like Jesus. Nobody can do me like Jesus. Colossians 1.22 says, for instance, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. It's the incomparable Christ that makes us holy. It's the incomparable Christ that changes the very core of who we are inside of us as a person. Colossians 2 says this, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. It's the incomparable Christ that helps us grow. It's the incomparable Christ that gives us roots, that helps us stand strong and secure in the midst of turmoil and confusion. It's the incomparable Christ that gives us strength and security. It's the incomparable Christ who builds us up into a completely different kind of person. How many of you in this room have found out Jesus works, man? The incomparable Christ changed my life. Anybody? You're not going back to smudging, are you? (laughs) Anybody into crystal healing anymore? You need some psychotherapy? You may need a little counseling from the Word of God, but you don't need to go back into a past life to figure out what's wrong with you today, right? Because Jesus Christ got hold of your life and he has changed you from the inside out. And no, you're not perfect yet, but you know he's not done yet either. He's working on you. He's working on you. Listen, nobody can do you like Jesus. Colossians chapter 2, 9 and 10 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and this is what I love, and you have been given, say it, fullness in Christ. Fullness. You're not half baked, you're not half cooked, you're not half filled. You are full. You are complete. Don't need any more smoke. The incomparable Christ is the one who makes you whole and fills you up. Colossians 2.13 says, when you you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, I love it, God made you alive with Christ. How many of you realize that Parts of you were dead until Jesus stepped into your picture. And now suddenly these dead parts of your life, they're alive again. I mean, your marriage was dead. Jesus stepped into the picture, and what happens? Your marriage begins to flourish. Your career was dead. Jesus steps into the picture, and your career comes. Your families were dead. You had no relationship with your children, but suddenly Jesus steps into the picture, and what now? Boom. I've got a relationship with my kids again. Listen, Jesus is the miracle worker. He's the one that changes things. He is the great resurrector. You don't need smudging and crystal therapy and all that. You got Jesus, man. You got Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Let Jesus do for you what you cannot do for yourself and what nothing else can do for you. Let Jesus complete his work of you. In this age of pragmatism, people are looking for something that works to change their lives, to change their spiritual condition, to change their emotional perspective. And Colossians reminds us that it's the incomparable Christ who works all these changes in us. All we got to do is get out of his way and work with him to let him do what he wants to do. The fourth reason we need to focus on the incomparable Christ is because we live in an age of frustrated relationships. We live in an age of frustrated relationships. For all the social media opportunities we have, we are the loneliest nation that's ever lived on planet Earth. You think I'm kidding, I'm not kidding. They say loneliness is gonna be the, great, the next great public health issue in America. One out of every five people right now suffers from persistent loneliness. In spite of the fact that they have access to the internet and Facebook and all the social media outlets and, we got little Starbucks coffee houses everywhere where you can go and hang out. People are lonely. We live in an age of frustrated relationships. Most of us today are looking for meaningful relationships, but many of us today remain unfulfilled. We desperately want deeper, more intimate relationships with our spouses and our families, but we can't find a way to do it. We, we desperately want meaningful relationships with our friends and our coworkers, but we can never seem to get beyond the surface and we can never seem to build the bridges that makes that possible. And so many of us in this culture, we, it, we spend our lives feeling lonely, feeling disconnected, feeling empty, feeling as if no one cares. But Colossians reminds us that the incomparable Christ will help us build better relationships with each other. Colossians reminds us that the incomparable Christ will help us build stronger marriages, will help us build healthier relationships with our kids, will help us build better partnerships with our coworkers and better friendships with our friends. I'll just give you a little postcard right here from Colossians chapter 3. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And we'll talk more about that when we get there. That's so often misunderstood in our culture. We'll get there. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, they will become discouraged. And all the kids said amen. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord Colossians 4 1 says masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven listen the incomparable Christ if we'll follow his leadership and surrender ourselves to his will will teach us how to overcome this loneliness in our life it will teach us how to build meaningful and more intimate relationships with all the people in our life listen there's an answer to this loneliness that many of us are feeling and it's found in the incomparable Christ The fifth reason we need to focus on the incomparable Christ is because we live in the end times. No doubt in my mind, I see what's going on in the world around me. I have got to believe that Christ is soon to rip here. Soon. He's coming back. He's coming back. I think most people, most people in this world today realize this world cannot go on as it's going. I see it in our movies. I see it in our TV shows. How many of the, the movies that have come out in the last couple of years, the TV shows, have had to do with the end of days, the apocalypse, or some kind of uh, viral outbreak that consumes the world, that threatens the destruction of the planet? We see these movies and these TV shows, and I know that's where a lot of people are, that's where their minds are right now. They're thinking this cannot go on as it is. We're headed for a nuclear holocaust. We're headed for some kind of, we're headed for some kind of Mass starvation. We're headed for some kind of universal pandemic that's going to break out. We feel as if we're on a collision course with some kind of ultimate catastrophe, and so it leaves us. And I've never, I've never. I mean, I'm 55, and I cannot ever remember living in a time like we live in today, where there is so much helplessness and hopelessness everywhere. People are just—they're giving up, man. They're giving up. They're quitting. They're quitting on life. They're quitting on their marriages. They're quitting on God. They're quitting. They're just quitting because they don't see any point to it. They're feeling, they're overwhelmed by feelings of hopelessness and helplessness, which is only an indicator to me that we're in the end times, that the Lord is coming back. And it's in the midst of all this despair, it's in the midst of all this pessimism and all these feelings of hopelessness and all these feelings of of helplessness where we're reminded it's the incomparable in the incomparable Christ, you and I have a glorious destiny that awaits us. Colossians 1, 12, and 13 says, God the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We're reminded in, in Colossians that all this mess that we're in, All this confusion and turmoil and hopelessness and helplessness that we may be feeling, it's all temporary, man. This is not our destiny. This is not where the story ends. There is a glorious destiny that lies just over the hill when Christ returns. And you and I, you and I, hey, man, we're victors when it's all said and done. We've read the end of the book. We know that we win because he's already won the victory for us. We need to get our minds and our hearts focused on Christ in times like this. You see, the incomparable Christ will not let us suffer the fate of the world. This world will one day come to an end, but our future is secure in this Christ. We may live in a world that's doomed for destruction, and the Bible says clearly that it is, but you and I who have put our trust in Christ, we will live with Him throughout all eternity. We don't live. As the sons and daughters of God in fear and pessimism, no, you and I, the sons and the daughters of God, we live with hope and optimism. And I don't know where you stand on any of this, but I'm telling you right now, every person in this room, every person who names the name of Jesus, everyone who claims to be his son or his daughter, right now you need to reorient your thinking, your thoughts, your perspective, until all you can see is Jesus. Jesus, the incomparable Christ. Get your eyes off of anything and everything else. They may offer hope, but they don't have real hope. They may offer truth, but they don't have real truth. Our hope and our truth lies in a person named Jesus Christ. Focus your attention with me for the next several weeks on Christ. 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 He's what we need in this hour. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. John's coming to lead us in communion. I'm asking the band to come back so that we can worship Jesus. Lord, we love you. We need you so desperately. Oh, God, we're living in such a messed up time. We're living in such a messed up age. And I see your sons and your daughters, those who truly love you, God. I, I, I see them being discouraged and being dissuaded. and I, I see them. I see their faith being compromised. I see some of them giving up and walking away when they ought to be digging in and looking up. Father, in these next weeks as we spend time in this word, would you help us focus by your spirit on the person of Jesus Christ? Would you help us see him for who he is? Would you help us worship him, love him, and adore him? Would you help us take our eyes off of anything and everything else to focus on Jesus and Jesus alone, who is our hope, who is our our refuge, who is our Savior, our Lord, our Provider, our King. Would you help us see Jesus for who He is? And as we look to Him, God, would you help us to surrender all over again to Him, the One who is worthy of all of our praise, worthy of all of our worship. Jesus, be Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Be Jesus to us again.